0: Thanks for tuning in to McNamara on Money, a podcast about all things financial. On this show, we talk about investments and investment performance. In our practice, we give financial advice to our clients. We know their financial situation in detail before doing so. That's not the case with callers we may speak to on this show. We can't give truly meaningful financial advice because we don't know the detailed financial situation of the caller. Any suggestions we make to callers are generic in nature and meant to steer a caller in the right direction. Listeners to this podcast should consult their own financial professionals before implementing any suggestions we might make. You might hear us referring to a phone number to call or text as this podcast is taken from a live radio show. Instead of calling or texting, we invite you to reach out to us on our website. You can find the link in the show description. McNamara on Money is heard on six continents and in more than 50 countries worldwide. Now sit back, relax and enjoy the show. And good morning.
1: My name is Mike McNamara. You're listening to McNamara on Money. All right, so we have a plan today. The plan is to talk about how you take income from your investments in retirement, this is—I guess—we would call it part two of this show. We have a part one that we did a couple of weeks ago, and if you want to listen to that, you could go to our website, McNamaraOnMoney.com, and find that in a couple of places. But the bottom line is, I didn't get anywhere near talking about all the stuff I wanted to, so we're in part two of this show, and. I'm not even sure if there's going to be a part three or not, but this is important stuff. Okay. When you get to retirement, uh, and, uh, or planning to get to retirement, you hopefully have money in a few different places and in a few different kinds of investments. And it's a little tricky to figure out how much you need, where to take it from, how it's taxed, how long will the money last, a whole bunch of other things. So we're going to we're going to have that discussion today. And by the way, I do not have a guest. This will be a monologue unless you happen to call with some of your questions. So by the way, this is a call-in talk radio show. And if you're listening in the Merrimack Valley and or the South Shore of Boston, our telephone number is 781-837-4900. And the subject is, how do I take money in retirement from my assets. It's, that's the official topic and we'll get rocking and rolling right now. So number one, people probably need to understand how money is going to be taxed when you take it out of your investment nest egg. And the short story is that depending upon where it is and under what circumstances, it can be taxed in different ways. So I just wanted to explain generically okay, the the taxes that you might be facing when you retrieve money from retirement assets. If you happen to have money in any kind of what we call a qualified retirement plan, that would be IRAs, okay, traditional IRAs, not Roth IRAs, 401ks, 457s, and a few other odds and ends official retirement plans, Okay, every dollar you take out of an official retirement plan is taxed as 100 percent income to you at your income tax rate. And the reason for that is if you put a dollar in that retirement plan, a long time ago, it was before-tax money. You've never paid any taxes on that. All the money that's been in there that you've ever put in is tax-favored, okay? You you basically invested a hundred-cent dollar, a before-tax dollar, and the government wants its piece on the way out. Any kind of an official retirement plan, okay, when you take money out of that box, I don't care what kind of investments... You have in the box, when the money comes out of that retirement plan category, it's 100% taxed as income, okay? So that's taxable, okay? There are some folks out there that might have some tax-free investments in place, okay? Uh, An easy one uh, is any kind of a Roth IRA, or any kind of a Roth 401K. The money that folks put into those kinds of investments, okay, was after-tax dollars. And the deal is if you put after-tax dollars in there, if you hang around for five years in that investment, you can take it out tax-free. So tax-free sounds good. Some people make sense for Roths, some people don't, it's a whole other thing. But if you happen to have a Roth or a 401k Roth, we're talking tax-free. Okay, you may also, if you're retired, have some money in what I would call a non-retirement account or a taxable account, often an, in- an individual account or a joint account, and one of the investments that you may have in there, okay are tax-free municipal bonds. okay? So if you happen to own bonds issued by governments, okay, state or federal, and some other kinds of special agencies, okay, the income from that is tax free okay and then we get to capital gains taxes that's last and least in this package if you bought a stock for $10 and sold it for 15 you have a capital gain of $5 and you pay taxes on that capital gain capital gains rates are always less than income tax rates And your exact capital gains rate depends on your income in any given year. And by the way, if you had a $5 capital gain and it happened to put you in a higher income tax bracket, you have to pay a bit more in capital gains taxes. The radio is not a good place to go over all the numbers about what your capital gains tax would be because it depends on your income, for starters. Okay, And capital gains taxes are broken up into Two categories. So if you have a long term capital gain, that means you held something for at least a year before you sold it and you made a profit. Okay, uh, long term capital gains are favorably taxed, okay, at capital gains rates. If you happen to have what's called a short-term capital gain, if you bought a stock for $10 and six months later sold it for $15, you have a $5 short-term capital gain. And short-term capital gains basically are taxed as regular income. So generally speaking, it's a lot more favorable tax-wise if you have long-term capital gains versus short-term. And by the way, if you have mutual funds, that gets a little confusing depending upon where you own them. But again, th- those are the ways you can be taxed. Okay, uh, I can't get into the details because there's way too many uh, variations of that. But the bottom line is that you should know how things are taxed. And if you're not quite sure, That's probably why you have a tax person that does your tax return. So be careful about that. You don't want any surprises about how that works. Okay, so that's thought number one. How might it be taxed? You need to know that. And generally speaking, if you have multiple places from which you can take retirement funds, generally most people try to do that in the most tax efficient manner. We'll get into that in a bit more detail a bit later on. Okay, the the next question, and by the way, this is a call in talk radio show. Okay, we have open lines, that means nobody's calling just yet. If you're in retirement or if you're near retirement and you're thinking, how the heck do I get money out of my investments? What's the order? How are they taxed? What kind of questions should I ask before I set up a batting order for that? This is your special day. If you're in the Merrimack Valley and or the South Shore of Boston, the phone number is 781-837-4900. And uh, I'd be happy to walk you through some of your questions, but they should be on that subject, folks. The subject is taking income from retirement. We'll try to keep it to that. Okay, so... Next question in terms of taking income, okay, how do you take it? Okay, do you take it like monthly on a regular interval? Do you take it on a quarterly basis? Do you take it once a year? Do you take it as you need it? Okay, so those are the possible different ways that you can uh, take money in terms of the frequency, okay? Uh, I'll, I'll talk generically here. Most folks who take money out of most retirement plans, take it out on a monthly basis, And the reason for that is that's how most people can run their lives on a monthly basis. Okay. And regardless of whether you have your money in a bank or in a brokerage account or in mutual funds inside of a qualified retirement plan, in other words, an official government plan, okay, you you need to take that money out, okay, and determine how you want it. I, I would say most common. Okay, would be monthly. Okay. And with the folks that I work with, that's a very large percentage of the folks. Some people, sometimes one, folks with smaller retirement plans that don't have a big chunk of money, or sometimes people just like to take money yearly because that's the way they live. So you can take an annual distribution. your retirement plan okay that's your choice and you can set that up so it happens automatically every year if you wish to do the caution that i would add about that is that if you do take a chunk of money out of a retirement plan on january 1st and plan to live on it for the rest of the year you have to be careful about that because you'll run the risk of running out of uh, money before you run out of months in terms of how things spend. So it's usually, if you're not overly disciplined about how you spend money, there's a lot of folks out there uh, that are that way. Monthly might be a more prudent way to take it because you can control your spending whether you like it or not. But okay, if you're disciplined and, and you just wanna do it as a lump sum, go for it. Okay. By the way, under either of those circumstances, you need to figure out how you're going to pay your taxes, okay? In in most situations, and this is important, folks, in most situations, okay, you can have your taxes, federal and state, you can have them withheld at the institution that's holding your money. They can send those taxes to the governments respectively in Massachusetts and the federal government if you're mass resident and the way that works is pretty nicely you get a tax document mid to late february early march every year that says hey i've got my money at fidelity or vanguard and they sent 500 they sent 500 dollars in taxes to massachusetts and 2000 dollars in taxes to the federal government so you you probably want to arrange to have federal and state taxes taken from your distribution. And by the way, you probably wanna calculate and spend some time doing that. You certainly don't wanna take out too much, And you absolutely don't want to take out too little. So it may take a little math and maybe a a discussion with your accountant about what percentage do you actually withhold for the federal government and what percentage do you actually want to withhold for the state of Massachusetts. Okay. So you, you need to be careful about that. But whether it's monthly, or whether it's yearly, and by the way, also whether you just decide I'm gonna take money out of my retirement plan as needed, which is an interesting way to do it, you have to account for taxes. And the best and safest way to do that is at the beginning In other words, have an after-tax check show up in your banking account and have the institution that you have your money parked at. We call them custodians, by the way. They will withhold dollars from your check and forward it to the federal and state authorities and make it pretty easy. Those are your choices. Depending on what kind of money and what kind of investments and where you have your investments, there's likely to be paperwork involved in setting up monthly or yearly or whatever kinds of distribution contact the the, uh, custodians or your financial advisor in advance of the time you're thinking about taking money try to understand how it all works and then make sure oh sure you calculate those taxes okay we have some folks that we work with that do their own taxes and do their own calculations and estimate what to withhold and you just got to be right about that and we have some folks who say, I'll just pay the taxes after I get the money. So just a caution to you, if you choose to withhold no federal estate taxes from that retirement plan, please, oh, please make sure you understand the math and you've got that estimated correctly because nobody likes tax surprises of an unpleasant nature about April 12th of any given year. If so, anyway, those are the choices, either monthly or lump sum yearly, sometimes as needed, make sure please oh please that you withhold the appropriate amount of taxes okay so that's number i that's question number four in my outline i've got a bunch more to go folks the next question is how how much do you need to take okay that's a question that would take about two hours to do on a financial planning show to be perfectly honest but for the purposes of this show I'll presume that you've done some pretty careful calculations, that you've looked at your guaranteed income coming from Social Security or pension. You've done the appropriate math and you say, I need to take this much money out of my retirement plan to live. And when you've done that calculation, you have to figure out how much your taxes are going to be. So that when you pay your taxes out of that money you take from retirement plan, you have what you need to live on. So you, you need to do those calculations. But for, for purposes of today, I'm just going to assume raw dollars and you did that correctly to, to illustrate a couple of points here. So point number one is let, let's presume uh, that you're going to take uh, $2,000 a month okay, before taxes. And after you've calculated your taxes, that's what you need to live on. Well, okay, so that's $24,000 a year. The question uh, that you uh, probably want to take a look at is let's assume that that $24,000 a year, to make it simple, is just coming from the one retirement plan that you own. Okay, and I guess depending on how much, money is in that plan, okay, that that twenty four thousand dollars is, is a certain percentage of all of the money that's in there. Okay. If you happen to have $240,000 in that retirement plan and you were taking out 24, that's a 10% withdrawal and you're probably in trouble. Okay, so let's see, two let us let, make it a, a $480,000, we will round it off, we'll make it a $500,000 retirement plan and if you're going to take $24,000 out of there, by the way, you need to divide and say that's like just about a 5% withdrawal. Okay, so you've determined how much you need and I'll round it off. Let's call it $25,000, okay? And that's before taxes and you figured out the after tax and you're good with that, okay? And you divide and you figure out that's a 5% withdrawal rate from your portfolio. Now, yeah. The, the, the next question that you want to ask is how much am I getting paid, when and where? What are some of the interest rates that are out there? Okay, and, and what are some investments paying? Okay, okay. The trick is, okay, or the question is that twenty five thousand dollars just interest and dividends from my portfolio, or is that twenty five thousand dollars interest, dividends, and some of the growth? From my portfolio. You want to kind to take a look at first of all what your withdrawal rate is, and then you want to figure out how much of that, how does that come from my portfolio? Okay, we'll, I guess we'll touch base on that some more, but let me give you some current rates so that you can be thinking about this. I pushed a button a couple of days ago, and okay, right now, three month Treasury bills are paying 5.23%. Okay, by the way, folks, two years ago, they were paying about one, so they go up and down, but right now, 5.23%. Okay, five-year treasury bills are paying 4.32%. Ten-year treasury bills are paying 4.32%. And 30-year government bonds are paying 4.47%. So right now, if you happen to have a government bond for 30 years that was paying 4.47% with all your money, that 500,000, you're pretty close to guaranteed to get that income for the next 30 years, okay? That's simplistic, but that's the way it would go. Number one, that doesn't take care of inflation. You get that same check every year. And number two, 30 years from now, you get back your $500,000. That didn't grow and that's not a good idea either. But the bottom line is you wanna make sure that what you're taking, you wanna know where that's coming from. Is it just the dividends and interest from your portfolio? It's probably not. Okay. I'll give you an example. We manage money for a living at McNamara Financial in a 60% stock and a 40% bond, pretty well diversified portfolio. Okay. We would tell folks, let's hope for somewhere between a five and a 7% return. And these days, let's use a midpoint of six as a hope for return. Okay. Of that 6%, maybe three. or 3.5% is the actual dividends and the interest that are generated by that portfolio. But that other three is hoped for growth in the portfolio. So the things you, you really need to understand is the money that you're taking from your portfolio, is it just the dividends and interest And does it have nothing to do with the growth in the portfolio? Uh, If that is, that's a good sign, but it really depends on the size of your portfolio and how much money you need. But you want to be careful about that, folks. It's Where's that money coming from? If you decide to own all bonds, okay, these days the interest rates are pretty high. People have learned in the last couple of years that bond Values go up or down pretty significantly in calendar 2022, a 30 year government bond was down about 17 or 18 percent. So just because a bond that pays 5 percent is guaranteed doesn't necessarily mean you're going to earn 5 percent and it doesn't necessarily mean you're going to protect yourself against inflation. But anyway, you you need to know that stuff. By the way, folks, if you have municipal bonds in your portfolio, right now a five-year tax-free municipal bond is about two and a half. A 10-year bond is about 2.55. And a 30-year bond is about 3.71. Yes, tax-free bonds don't pay as much because they're tax-free and that's figured out. The Vanguard total bond fund right now pays 3.15%. Okay, and the S&P 500 pays 1.38%. So there's a pretty good chance if you're taking money from your portfolio right now, it's more than the dividends and the interest that are in there. You're probably banking on some growth to happen. And I I think you should know that and see where that goes from there. Okay, yep, okay. So the last point I'll make on this is besides knowing the sources inside your portfolio what that income is okay you also should probably figure out okay am i drawing am i overdrawing with the portfolio and what are the repercussions of that i think what we'll do is after the break we'll uh, we'll talk a little bit more about that but taking income is not easy and we have some more little questions for you after the break so we'll be right back Alrighty. We're back. My name is Mike McNamara. This is McNamara on money. Okay. This is a call in talk radio show folks. We're talking about how the heck do you take money from your retirement accounts when you're retired and need that income? Uh, and there are many layers to that and it can get mighty confusing and, uh, the more money you have, the more confusing that is. So that's a good thing. Anyway, it's the Call and Talk Radio Show. And by the way, I've been informed that besides calling this number, you can also text to this number and ask me a question. The questions today are on how you take income from a portfolio. I don't think I'm scary to talk with on the telephone, but if for some reason or other you don't want to call 781 837 4900 you can text 781 781- 837 and offer a question to me that hopefully I can answer. Uh, Mike, you, you ask and, and you shall receive. We have a caller. Be still my heart. Well, yes, and we have Bob in Marshfield. All right. Good morning, Bob. How are you today? Pretty good. Pretty good. All right. How can I help you? What's on your mind?
2: I had a question in my mind about I'm a government employee. I'm going to get a pension and I also have a 403B And with the way I think future taxes are going to be higher. So I was wondering if I could roll my 403B into a Roth IRA or some sort of Roth tax-free account later on in life.
1: I believe that the answer is you can do that but let's talk some generic stuff around that question for you okay and you don't have to get too personal here but do you happen to know what tax bracket you're in now federal government wise and if you don't that's okay i I just need to know before i go further here
2: no i would assume so i'm still working i would assume that it's probably like uh federal probably 24 is that the number now
1: it depends. But, okay, but see, and this is good. This is a reason why I'm going to ask you a few questions. So the bottom line is that you, you have to know what tax bracket you're in now, okay, before you can make that decision, okay? The, here's the problem, okay? So when people retire, does their income go up or down? How about yours? Uh, probably, probably going
2: down, right? Mine is going to, like I said, I'm a, gov- a city employee, yep. so... I'm going to get 80% um, of my work salary. Okay. So it will basically say a same. Okay. So,
1: all right. So then here's the way you look at it. Okay. If your tax bracket now, okay, is higher than what you think it'll be in retirement, th- then yeah, okay, uh, it, it would be to your uh, to advantage to stay where you are. Okay, uh, because you have a lower tax bracket in retirement, you wouldn't want to do that Roth conversion. If it's going to be the same, that's a wash. If you pay taxes uh, at twenty five percent now and pay taxes at twenty five percent later, okay, you can do a conversion, okay, and it didn't make any difference. Here's the problem: if you convert at twenty two or twenty three or twenty four percent now, and find yourself later on. Okay, in a an eighteen or a sixteen percent bracket, you shouldn't have done that. Okay, if it's the if your tax bracket's gonna be about the same, it's probably doesn't matter whether you save money by avoiding taxes now at twenty five percent and pay them later. Okay, versus one versus the other. Okay, did I explain that okay so far? Do you have any
2: questions? Yeah, basically, it's a gamble it, whether I think. The taxes in the future are going to be higher than the taxes are right now.
1: That's correct. And, and by the way, if and who knows what happens. By the way, for most people, income goes down even at eighty percent. Okay. Are you single? By the way, or, or married?
2: I am married. Okay. So I'll and have to your sp- die, to take the the C option, whatever it is. Yeah.
1: But, okay. But so your spouse also has income as well. Is your spouse option? Is your spouse retirement on pension, or is that going down as well?
2: That's, she's a private employee, yeah. So okay, she so won't have a pension.
1: So your income is going to go down by her amount when you retire then, and you'll have 80% of yours. So your income's getting smaller in retirement because your wife's work is not working anymore. I don't know what that means, but you ought to do the math about this. By the way, if you're on the fence, it, please be careful. I, I think most people own Roths and they shouldn't. Most people convert to Roths because they think their taxes are going to be higher in retirement. All you can do is bet on how the tax code is now, okay? Who knows what the government's going to do, okay? I will tell you that generally speaking, when the government raises taxes, they pick on wealthy folks, and everyday folks who just make a decent living generally don't get messed over too much when people raise taxes, okay? But who knows?
2: It doesn't seem that way to me. <laughs> well, uh, in that
1: case, then here's your choice. If, if you're absolutely sure you're going to be in a higher tax bracket or the same in retirement, okay, yep, converting to a paying taxes now and doing a Roth at some point makes some sense. Okay, if you're absolutely sure that your bracket's going down in retirement, stay where you are. Save money at 25% and pay it at 15 If you're not sure, and here's the deal, maybe you convert half of it as a bet. Oh. Uh-huh. You, you cover both sides of that.
2: That's, a, I might we go up that alley.
1: Okay. Do you have
2: somebody that prepares your taxes, by the way? Yeah, I don't think she's a fiduciary, though. Okay, that's okay.
1: Tax people just have to be honest. I'm not, most of them aren't fiduciaries, but my oh, point yeah. is, Okay, run, run your thoughts and ideas by this person. They should be able to do a scenario for you at your existing tax brackets and show you how it works.
2: Okay. I mean. All right.
1: Yeah, if you pay somebody to do your taxes, rope them in to help you with some of that those estimates about calculation. I, I've seen, I guess my reluctance is, I've seen folks I've met for the first time who did a Roth conversion, and the majority of them shouldn't have. Some do. But the majority of them shouldn't have, given the circumstances. So just be very careful about that. That's all. Did I, I am more? just
2: so afraid of taxes in the future with the with the debt and everything. I'm just yeah. it just has me thinking that they're going to be taking fifty percent of my money.
1: <laughs> I, I understand. If I were, you, but again, who knows what happens in the future? If I were you, right. the biggest the biggest bet I'd make is half of that. You might kick yourself. If you're 100% wrong, how much would that cost you in your retirement lifestyle, I guess is the question. But your call. But please, my advice would be talk to your tax person about how it would look right now. Okay, they can run okay. a scenario for you. Talk to your tax yeah. person and ask them, well, if my tax rate, where does my tax rate have to be in retirement for me to be so it doesn't matter? And the answer is it has to be about the same. And by the way, yeah. when your wife's, when your wife's income disappears, you need to find out what your tax bracket drops down to. Because all of a sudden hers is gone and you've only got eighty percent of yours. That's looking yeah. that's looking like lower taxes to me. A lower tax bracket. But yeah, so no, I just won't let her retire. Good luck with that discussion, my friend. <laughs> yeah. okay. Did did I explain that? Okay. Do you have any questions? That
2: that? that that was great. That was great. That was some very good information and advice there. I I think I might Look forward to doing just half. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, yeah. Think, think carefully. You don't want to give the
1: government any extra money now. If you no, don't have to. enough. <laughs> yeah. All right. Listen. <laughs> hey, thank, thank you for the call. Appreciate that. Okay. Thank <laughs> you for taking the call. My pleasure. Alrighty, right. folks. This is the call-in talk radio show. I'd much rather talk to people than to do a monologue here. If you have a question about taking some income. From your portfolio in retirement, whether you're retired now or you're thinking about it, this is your special day. Our telephone number and text number happen to be the same. It's 781-837-4900. And I would be more than happy to take callers and discuss this stuff than to do a monologue here that hopefully is making sense for most people listening to this show. All righty. Let's go back to a, a few more things and continue on here. So here's a... Here's another issue, if you happen to be in an official government retirement plan, like an IRA or a 401K or a 457 or a 403B, okay, when you hit age 73 in this country these days, they make you take some money out of retirement plans. So I hope you know that, they're called required minimum distributions, and you may not have a choice about taking money out of your retirement plans when you turn 73. Now, don't get nervous. I'm working off the top of my head here, but if you're a 73-year-old person, okay, in the year that you turn 73, the government is going to make you take about 3.7% of your money out of there, whether you like it or not, so they can you can pay some taxes that they've been waiting for a long time, Okay, okay? So, there are minimums but they're not gonna take make you take 15 or 20 or 30% out. It starts at a shade less than four and works its way up slowly over time. So if you should know that you start those required minimum distributions, you should know when, and you should know how much those are because that should come into your planning in terms of how that works. Okay, here's another big issue as far as I'm concerned. Okay, let's pretend, let's go back to, you need a couple thousand dollars a month that's $24,000 a year. And let's keep it simple. You've got one big honkin' retirement plan that's worth $500,000. And if you're taking 24 or 25,000 out of it, that, that's like a 5% withdrawal rate, okay? So the question is, I think it would be a really prudent thing if inside that investment let's pretend you got a bunch of stock and bond mutual funds and you have this very well diversified asset allocation pie that's the official terminology okay i would suggest that everybody who takes income out of investments have a couple of years of what they need to take sitting inside that account okay in advance of taking them so in this case Let's see, you've got a $500,000 retirement plan and you're retiring next July, next January of this year. Okay. I would say by January 1st of 2025, okay, you should have about $50,000 of that money in that account in safe old cash, a money market fund, not investments. Why would you do that? Let's see if you've got $50,000 in nice, safe cash inside there and you're gonna take 25 a year, I guess you have two years worth of dry powder, okay? If we have a down stock market anytime in the next couple of years, you have some time to wait for it to get over if you had that reserve. We call them buckets, you can call them income reserves, you can call them anything you want. But I think for many folks listening to me here, a prudent thing to do would be to have a couple of years of anticipated withdrawals in cash, inside the account, okay, so that you can buy some time to get through a down market without having to sell some of your stock or bond positions, okay? It's generally not a good idea to sell things when they're down, but who knows when bear markets come, okay? If you had some degree of protection against the time that you had to sell stuff in your portfolio, that's a prudent thing to do. Two or three, the recommendation is think about having two or three years in cash, and by the way, Every year, take a review about whether you want to refill that cash or not. Let, let's assume, just for a good example, let's assume you've got a two-year bucket of $25,000 a year. Okay, at the end of the first year, you've got a one-year bucket with $25,000 inside your IRA. You look around in the world and say, "Was my portfolio up or is it down from the last time around? If it's up or up a lot, it's pretty easy. Let's sell another $25,000 of stuff my stocks and bonds, and let's refill my two-year bucket out to two years, or maybe you say the market's about the same or it's down. I don't think I'll refill it after a year. I'll check this in six months and see how it goes. But my point is, you bought some time to get through a down stock market with those reserves tucked inside the account. Okay, it's a prudent thing to do. By the way, you know if you. It, it might not be the most profitable. If you decide to set aside $50,000 now and the market goes higher for the next three years in a you, know, you should have waited, but shoulda, woulda, coulda, and who knows is, is where I'm coming from. Anyway, so just think about uh, having some reserves, some income reserves, a bucket of cash for X amount of years. Sometimes we have folks with three-year buckets or four-year buckets because they're concerned about this, that, and the other thing. Wonderful, prudent thing to do to protect your sell from having to sell stuff in down markets, never a good thing. Okay. And then last uh, big question before we get to some others is that, and this is really important and you probably can only be aware of this problem yourself. You probably can't solve it. So please bear with me. Is the amount of money that you're taking from your portfolio as a percentage, is that amount of, what is that percentage? It's 5%. What is my portfolio earning? If you're taking five and your portfolio is earning two and a half, okay, you have a problem sometime down the road. If you're taking five and your portfolio is averaging seven, okay, over the long run, you probably are in better shape given the circumstances. The the problem with income, people sit down and start thinking, yep, I need $2,000 a month in income and retirement. That's even if you got that exactly perfectly right, day one, okay, you probably didn't factor in inflation, okay, uh, on the income that you're coming, uh, and you probably didn't think that in an ideal world, not only should your income be able to grow every two or three years, but the capital that you invested hopefully can grow at the same time, okay? that That's not the case for most folks who retire, But anyway, bottom line is you need to figure out as carefully as you can what it looks like. And honestly, there's some pretty sophisticated software out there in the world, and there's some pretty sophisticated certified financial planners that can run those scenarios for you and see if you're going to face the inevitable question I hear. Am I going to run out of money? How's it look, Mike? And that's basically where that comes from. Okay. Mike, we have another phone call. Well, son of a gun. I know. Yeah, we have Paul Drake. It Okay. Good morning, Paul. How are you today? Good morning, Mike. Very good. How are you? Hey, thanks for the help. I was getting lonely with the monologue. What do you want to talk about?
3: (laughs) You're trying to save your voice. Uh, uh, Quick question. I have have three years to retirement. I'm in my late 60s. My wife's retired, so I know my income's going to be less when I retire. (laughs) I do have about equal amounts in a roll over IRA from a prior job and a taxable brokerage account, <clears throat> and as well as some cash in the local banks to get me through my day-to-day expenses. When I retire from a tax purpose or for any other reason, would it be wise, other than my required minimum distributions, to take money out of the pre-tax IRA or from my taxable brokerage account? for my annual income.
1: Yeah, Paul, you are the perfect caller to end this show. So sit back and relax. We're going to talk for a while here, okay? (laughs) Okay. thank you. This is not going to be a quick call. Okay, so number one. Okay, so you have about equal amounts of money. Are you comfortable telling me the amount or do you want me to just go on with not knowing that? What's your pleasure?
3: Okay, it's it's a large amount on each one because I've been working for 45
1: years. All right, in that case, we'll work with it. Okay, so have you figured out how much money you have to take in total from your accounts to be okay yet? I, uh,
3: yeah, I, I, I don't live extravagantly. I could get by with my current salary that I'm working, say, say just over six figures a year. It will be a comfortable lifestyle. I'm not gonna do any extravagant traveling or anything like that.
1: Sure, okay, so of, of that six figures, how much of that is social security or a pension that's gonna come guaranteed?
3: Okay, about 40% of it from my pension. Uh, that I I collect currently from my prior job. And I haven't even begun to think or take Social Security since it hasn't been needed.
1: Okay. By the way, so if you need, and again, we're talking generically. You can do your own math after we talk. But if you're going to need six figures, okay, and by the way, is that before taxes, I presume, or after taxes? That would be before Yeah. Okay. Before taxes. Okay. So if you're going to need six figures before taxes, and I'll use a hundred for simplicity. Okay. If you've got 40,000 coming from a pension and I'm going to make this up another 30,000 from social security, then I guess you know how much you have to take out of your portfolio, right? Yes. Okay. I can do the math. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. And I'm perfectly fine with you not disclosing dollars, but so I need you to do do a little math in your head. Okay. So of that hundred, Okay, just t- what dollars do you need? I mean, did I, is my social security number close for the two of you? Thirty or forty, or what is it?
3: Yes, um, uh, probably, yeah, probably it, most of it from my income. I want to make sure I have enough money for emergencies such as home uh, home uh, maintenance and uh, car. If I need a new car, things like that. Uh,
1: yeah, let me let me back up even further. You should have an emergency reserves in retirement it should be a number that you're comfortable with and by the way i wouldn't buy my car out of the emergency reserves account so your kind of batting order would be first of all whatever you keep in emergency reserves now when that number gets to a certain low number you you get nervous so you, you need to pick a. if you normally carry i'll make up some numbers $80,000 in emergency reserves, okay, if it gets down to 50, you get nervous and try to refill it. You need to pick a minimum number in retirement that you put in your emergency reserves bucket and you don't touch. That's for true emergencies, okay? If you're going to do cars and other things, you need to factor that in to your withdrawals, okay? Okay. But but let me go with what I've got from you, okay? Let's pretend that you have to take $40,000 a year out of your investment pot. Can I do that? Is that like a in the ballpark or 50?
3: Sure. Yes,
1: yes. L- okay, let's say 50,000, okay? So, if you took 50,000 out of one of those accounts, you said they're about equal in size. What yes. percentage is 50,000 from the whole total? If I add if you add the taxable and the rollover all together as one big chunk, okay, yes. and you divide by 50,000, what, what's your withdrawal rate from the portfolio at that? Okay. Yes
3: take your time Uh, uh, let's let's say it's around five percent
1: okay all right so if it's around five percent okay depending on how you're invested that doesn't sound death defying so we'll start there okay but if you took it out of one or the other it would be taking it ten percent correct correct yeah Yeah. okay great we're on the same page so it's pretty simple okay when you retire Okay, you're going to not be in required minimum distributions. How old are you again, 66, you said? And how old Uh, is your uh, wife?
3: Yes, yes, yes. Say, assume I retire right about the time I have to take my required distribution.
1: Yeah, okay, all right, okay, okay, then that'll make it easy. Is your wife about the same age? I forgot to ask. Yes, yes. Okay, all right, so this is easy then, okay? They're going to make you take a required distribution, out of those accounts, I'm going to round it up to 4%, whether you like it or not. Okay. Uh, okay. So your strategy should be always take the minimum because they make you and make up the difference from the taxable account. Oh, excellent. Yeah. Okay, that's good. By the way, if you need to withdraw about 5%, I'm rounding here. You got to take about the same amount of money out of the cash. OK, to, to make it. Actually, no, they're making you take four or five percent out of the rollover. You also have going to have to take four or five percent out of the taxable as well. OK, but the the story is take your big number before taxes. OK, add up what the required minimum distributions are going to be and take the rest from your taxable account. That makes it easy. OK. OK. Yeah, okay. Very easy. Thank you. Okay, so just a couple of other generic questions while I get you here. Okay, in the rollover, or however many you have, how are you mixed stocks and bonds? Do you have a rough idea about that? Yeah,
3: if I'm a conservative person, I'd say probably fixed income and cash, at least 50% of the whole. All right, so you're about 50%.
1: Yeah. Yeah. By the way, I I never met a person who wasn't conservative, by the way, so don't not to worry. Okay. so I'm going to make a guess. If you have a pretty well diversified 50 50 portfolio, you ought to be able to earn four and a half, five, five and a half percent a year over the long run doing that. So you might be taking money out of there, at least for a while at about what it's earning or a little less. Okay, and then you go to the taxable accounts for the rest. So what do you? So it sounds like you're okay with the way you're mixed if you're well diversified in the rollover. How's the taxable money, stocks and bonds? Is it same mixture or different? Or can you know
3: about the same? Uh, I, I tend to, since it's not taxable right away, I tend yeah. to make my uh, transactions in the IRA. Yeah. To, okay. And uh, the other one is probably about the same mix.
1: Okay. By the way, Paul, they're going to fire me off the air in a few moments here. So let me just summarize. You should have some money in an emergency reserves account okay, that you never touch unless for a true emergency. Because if you think when you're working, your emergency reserves are okay. When you're not working anymore, they become a more important number. That's all. So you need to pick that number. Okay. You need to take what they make you take from the rollovers and you need to make up the difference from the taxable. And I don't know if you caught my piece about trying to have a couple of years of cash in each of those, uh, certainly in the rollover, try to have a couple of years of cash ready to go the first year you start taking money so you have some protection did, did you catch that part of the show
3: yes I, I did catch that
1: yeah if you're a conservative guy you want to have a bucket of a couple of years in the ira and probably a close extent to the taxable paul you've been a, a perfect call to finish up the show i appreciate it thank, you, thank you very much all right you have a good day and good luck in retirement okay
3: okay thank you thank you very much Mike. Okay. Bye.
1: Folks, I think we're out of bullets here. My name is Mike McNamara. Thank you for
0: listening. Thank you for calling and have a great day. You can find McNamara on Money on all the major podcasting platforms. New episodes drop every Monday. Tune in weekly for everything you need to know about making smart financial decisions. Subscribe today so you don't miss a single episode.